It's Thursday, February 11th, 2021, and you're listening to episode 562 of Fear the Boot, a show about tabletop role-playing games and a little bit more. Running time for this episode is 41 minutes. Welcome to Fear the Boot. My name is Dan. This is Wayne. My name's Chad. And I'm here to irritate Chad. So... We've got an announcement to make, something that many people are proud of, other than me, that, though, it does involve me. (laughs) So I guess I should maybe change that joke a bit. But anyways, there is something that we want to mention to you guys, which is we said a couple episodes back that Jason Brick was running a very short Kickstarter for another collection of fiction. And it's another collection of flash fiction, these very, very short, short stories Dump length stories, I think is how we describe them. (laughs) And it's a book called Worth a Thousand Words, referencing the old pictures worth a thousand thousand words. words Right. And Wayne has a story in it. Brodar and I apparently bookend this because he's the first story and I'm the last story. And our stories share a theme. I won't tell you what that theme is. But there are also a bunch of your fellow booters who are in there. I've seen several people post that they were authors in there. I actually just read the table of contents to see who all was in there. There are a bunch of people from our community in there. Also, Jason Brick is a great guy. Please do yourself a favor. Check the show notes for a link to this. Because even if you hate what Brodor, Wayne, and I all contributed, you're a bad person with no taste in literature. But there are still a bunch of stories in there it's over 100 yeah. stories i believe there are still 90 some odd stories it's 101 stories and as always with his books it looks beautiful and well and the stories are all over the board so you're surely going to find something you like in there is there a uh, common theme that all the stories not in this one no okay there have yeah. been in past, in past ones, ones just yeah. between the first story and the last story apparently right <laughs> yeah apparently the first story and last story inadvertently <laughs> came from people who were thinking about the same thing while high on weed and we wrote apparently i was sober when i wrote that i was not yeah. because was like sober. man i had to go to some basketball diaries places to get mm. that story out mm. so it's kind of weird but I'm anyway i'm really proud of my story i, I didn't say, i'm proud of my I'm, story it's a story that i've wanted to tell for a long time that i found flash fiction was the perfect format for telling and i made a couple of my test readers cry with it wayne mm. i'm proud of my story i'm just honest about where it came from are you proud yeah. of wayne's story Wayne's story. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, you know, I've read both but of expected. their I've it's, read both of their stories, but I'm betting they haven't read each I, other's or my story. I, I did so here's the deal. I did receive I mean I'll split the difference. I haven't read any of your stories. I did receive sure. my copies. And I did send you a copy of it to read. I certainly did not read it. I know. <laughs> I gave I gave it to my mother in law, right? And then the other copy sitting on the table. I have not read anybody's story. Frankly, if I read my story right now, it would be new to me. That's how long it's been since I've read it. So, hmm. Well, anyway, so check the show notes for a link to that book because it's good stuff by a lot of good people. So I really hope you'll support it. Moving right along. There's probably only one person behind the mics who can relate to me on this. But I know there's many on the other side of this, you know, behind the speakers, not behind the mics, who probably feel me. In front of the speakers? Yeah, yeah. You know, mean, behind the speakers, you're kind of like hiding Okay, I guess in them. front. Yeah. You're right, you're right. Yeah. In front of the speakers. So okay. Because we're role players, we're nothing if not pedantic. Trying to get that sneak attack bonus. Pedantic. Is, <laughs> see? <lurking>. See? 
That lurking. was the softballest pitch I could give yes, you. Yes, thank you. You're I, the last one came from my ex-wife where she said, you are so condescending. Are you an AC unit? And I said, condescending. <laughs> In the most condescending way I possibly could. And that was not a meme. I'm not, there is a meme now floating around to that effect. This really happened about five, six years ago. But anyway, I don't know, maybe more than that. But uh, the point being, though, apologize for a mixed metaphor. We are behind the mics. You guys are in front of the speakers. The sound is moving that direction, mm-hmm. plus some internet gobbledygook in the middle. But as a child of the 80s, I never thought at any point in my life would I fondly look up to Johnny Lawrence. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's one of the iconic villains of my youth. That's the bad guy in Karate Kid, right? Yes. Yeah. The only reason I know that is because... You guys are watching yeah, Kid, yeah. Cobra Kai. No, because the show is called Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Who videos. has yeah. a much more sliding morality mm-hmm. and a lot more relatability in Cobra Kai, particularly the deeper you get in the seasons. Yeah. They make him a real character. Yeah. They give him nuance and depth yeah. and, and motivation. And you get, yeah. He gives this chance to tell you the whole events of the movie from his perspective. And you start to think about it and think, you know. He actually kind he's of he's got a point on some. I of mean, those. he's not right, but he's not wrong. Yeah, and you realize that both him and Daniel were horrible people. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it's just I think he captures that sort of cynicism that has been lost from our generation because it's so small. Because Gen X is so small, right? Our cynicism got lost. And can I just interject real quick? I just want to put it on the public record that the remake of Karate Kid is by far better than the original. Oh, I don't disagree with that. But actually, Will Smith is involved in producing Cobra Kai. Hmm. So Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, pre- I never yeah. saw the remake, so I, I'm, I, yeah, I've I heard Cobra Kai is no, a great I, show. I will agree with Chad. That but just for the movie. Putting yeah. nostalgia For a aside. minute, I thought you were talking about the next Karate Kid. Oh, no, 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 no. no. Because no, that one I saw, with, that was not with, good. With, uh, with Jaden Smith, Smith. Yeah. Smith and Jackie Chan. Yeah, I haven't seen that Yeah, one. Holy crap. So I love Kung Fu movies. I really, really love Kung Fu. I get into like the history of it and stuff. I, I really geek out on Kung Fu movies. I've seen a ton of Jackie Chan movies all throughout his career. I read his autobiography. That man can act. I want to see him in a movie that has zero violence in it. And that is a straight up drama. The man is an excellent actor. He's that a actually gigantic I'm, dick, I'm blanking but, out now on the title, but I thought that actually happened. He has slowed down in a lot of his movies. I mean, the guy's like mid-60s, I think. I, uh, maybe older. Tons of injuries and all that yeah, sort of yeah. stuff. I mean, he is not doing police story, you know, Master of Crack Knuckles sort of stuff anymore. But in his more recent movies, there's always some sort of action, but it isn't as much. I think there was, there was a movie, I believe it's on Netflix. It has Jackie Chan and Pierce Brosnan. Yeah. And the director is the director who directed, I think it's Goldeneye. I think it's called The Foreigner. Excellent movie. Dan, I, I've told you this before. You need to see it because it's a revenge flick, right? And it is basically about Jackie Chan is in Ireland. Or no, he's in London. There's an I, But it's present day. There's an IRA bombing, mm. which is really like, oh, my God. You know, the, there's the Peace Accord and stuff. Why is there this bombing? Jackie Chan's character doesn't care because his daughter was killed in the bombing. And he basically is like, I want answers, which is really code for I really want revenge. Want to yeah. kill somebody yeah. here. And, you know, it goes through this whole movie. But Pierce Brosnan is uh, the head of Sinn Féin yeah. with IRA connections and all this sort of stuff. And there's this big sort of 
golden eye James Bond sort of plot with Jackie Chan kind of has his character intersecting with it. But it's really good because it isn't just someone wound up Jackie Chan and pushed him forward and it's a karate kung fu revenge flick. It is about him dealing with grief and about his past and about the nuance of the characters and about how everyone is arguing against him and they're right that he just needs to grieve his daughter and drop this. And he emotes and he shows the process of, yes, you are right. And I'm letting this other thing take over and I'm just not yeah. going to go down that peace, peaceful path. And I'm, I'm not saying good. they're related movies yeah. or anything like that. Sorry, what, what, your description, what your description reminded me mm-hmm. of is the same sort of character transformation that occurs in Law Abiding Citizen, mm-hmm. where a guy's daughter, a bunch of bad stuff happens. Right, right. And you know, he ends up going, or once the contemplating going after the killer, mm-hmm. and the police find him and they arrest him and they lock him up. But then it turns out this guy has information on even bigger fish. So they pull a rule 35, turn him state's evidence and reduce the sentence and let him out and all this crap. And they're telling mm-hmm. this guy, you know, it was, look, here's what the other guy we got from his testimony was guilty of. This guy's small fish. He's a bad person, but yeah, let this go and move on. And mm-hmm. he has that same of, yeah, I know you're right, but I'm not going to do that. Yeah. And the yeah. rest of the movie is the de-evolution of the situation from there. Mm-hmm. But Wayne, to your point, flipping topics back, I agree with Chad that if you were to put in a pure vacuum, the original Karate Kid trilogy next to the Jackie Chan, Jaden Smith one, the Kung Fu Kid. Mm. I do agree that the Kung Fu Kid was a better movie than any of the previous three. And I never saw the next Karate Kid, so I have no comment. But if you add in the post context of Cobra Kai, that changes the equation entirely. Because Cobra Kai is, I don't know, I'm sure it's probably people that don't like it. Mm -hmm. And right now, I am to them what the brown coats were to me <laughs> for about 10 years. Yes. So you, you're just going to have to sit there to and the deal Firefly with it. fans. Yes, yeah. exactly. The Firefly fans. Fly, I fly, describe fly, Cobra fans. Kai as it is a exploration of two middle-aged men. Man-children. <laughs> True. Yeah. Two middle-aged men whose glory days were in high school and they've never moved past that one event. Yeah. And everything in their life goes back to that one moment of glory. Yes. If you can imagine if Al Bundy and Sterling Archer had a pair of <laughs> twins and those two twins were what this show is about. Okay, now you've got me because this whole time I've been wondering what Elizabeth Shoe tastes like and totally disinterested in the conversation, but you've got me, Dan, please. Okay. Though I did, my struggle with Elizabeth Shoe is I haven't, I know she's been in things since then. I looked up Prime DB history just out of curiosity. Well, she was in the boys. Well, that's the thing is the boys have kind of ruined her because now instead of uh, Allie, Allie Mills, trying to remember her last name of the character, instead of Allie Mills, I see Madeline Stillwell. Or Stillwell's her name, right? I, I, I just any I, of these people. I just are. see Milf. <laughs> I just see a woman that I need. I just to all be, I can picture. She needs to shame. Is me. she sitting there talking to Johnny and Daniel? And I just keep expecting Homelander to be sucking on her yeah, breast. Nah, I and I just think of Hamlet too, because she plays herself in Hamlet too. Oh, there's something that I, I you know I didn't even know this existed. It is a comedy that is surprisingly good for what it is it is an offensive comedy though okay i'll say hamlet 2 that needs to be like a movie about a dog or something i don't even know but no. just and the whole premise the whole premise is it's 
a guy that runs a basically is a music teacher who comes up with the idea to create it. And everyone's telling him, why are you creating Hamlet 2? Why do you think you can create a sequel to this wonderful thing? Especially since everyone dies in Hamlet. Yeah. And yeah, I'm sure some characters that like a Spanquil's ghost is still around. Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> if he was ever there to begin with. Right. I mean, that's up to your interpretation of, Vision of yeah. You know, who I mean, was the foreign army and, invades and takes over. And, yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, no, there's, yeah. there's no sequel. That's the point. That <laughs> is right. the point of the movie is there should never be a sequel. Yeah. But it's played out. It's a, like I said, it's a comedy. I mm-hmm. love the movie. It. It's one of those. It found its audience once it hit DVD. And when I saw it in theaters, there were like two other people in the entire theater. Mm-hmm. Which one is Archer's kid? <laughs> no, no. I'm saying if Al Bundy and Sterling Archer had twins, had oh, two boys. Oh, my. That's yeah. what this is like. Oh, my God. Now, I will say that's that, the best pitch I've heard. I will <laughs> say that LaRusso probably favors Al Bundy a little bit, while Johnny probably favors Sterling Archer a little bit. But you can see both of the fathers and both of the children. I That's my comment on the show. Yeah. Daniel's moment of glory was winning, but really it was an illegal kick. <laughs> I mean, it was a ridiculous. So here's what I don't understand about the crane kick and karate kid. Right? You get his side of that, by the way, in the so third season, his foot, ankle, whatever is in. Yeah, yeah. He didn't have a broken leg, but it, I mean, yeah. he, he can't walk on it. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, he's really yeah. hamming it up. Can't walk on it. So he stands on one leg. Cool. And he, he does this weird sort of thing. Yeah. Whatever to cool. balance, to balance, balance, yeah, sure, and it looks cool on on you know with the yeah. the shot and stuff for the eighties. Brodor's giving me that no. Well, look. I'm not saying the but, crane kick is practical, but, but it is a real thing. Sure, yeah. but he kicks right, so he lifts his leg that he's supporting himself on to kick the guy in the face while slamming yeah. his injured foot into the ground so he doesn't crumple and fall into nothing, and then he switches back. Did his foot not get injured? I don't want to dissect Karate Kid too much, right? You're not really supposed to. I saw it when I was a little kid when it came out, and I loved it. And I remember that scene as a little kid thinking, well, I thought he couldn't stand on that foot. But he not only stood on he jumped on it. Yeah, if it was supposed to be a kick where he jumps up and kicks without that leg ever touching the ground. Right, like some weird wire kung fu thing. Sure, even though that wasn't really in any other part of the movie but whatever yeah no i'm with you he that would take more of an impact on the foot because you slam it down he would have been better standing on the injured foot kicking him with the uninjured leg i guess there's one thing that keeps me from completely disbelieving that scene outside of the fact that it's obviously a fairly hammy 80s movie so suspensions of disbelief all over the place yeah you're supposed to give this movie a wide margin right right a really wide berth but the other thing, well, though, he shouldn't have had that color belt and that kind of try to like, oh, shut up. <laughs> the one thing, though, that makes it plausible to me is Carrie Strug. You guys probably know her story, even if the name's not familiar. So back in the 80s, there was an American gymnast who broke her ankle. But in order for the Americans to win, she had to do her second set and get a really high score. And she did it. On a broken ankle. And mm-hmm. she landed and did a perfect landing without bouncing, falling, stumbling, anything on one ankle broken. Mm-hmm. And so 
that is a lot more force to put on an ankle. That landing is Especially a lot a more force yeah, yeah. than it is to do a crane kick. See, my example is just uh, the Undertaker versus Mankind in the famous Hell in <laughs> oh, the Cell match. Yeah, okay, yeah. Undertaker's foot was broken <laughs> yeah. for most of that oh, match. So it really was and, broken. Yeah, Undertaker's yeah. foot was okay. really his broken. And he climbed. Cheek and... No, that's Mankind. Um, Undertaker's foot was broken uh, in that match as well. And he climbed the cage with a broken foot and just fights through it because you don't ever let it actually show mankind had all kinds of broken things including a tooth through his nose but undertaker had a broken foot in that match and drops from the cage like he gently lowers himself down but he drops down on his foot wow yes okay i I was starting to laugh i thought you're going to appeal to the script of wrestling match and not the off screen or whatever realities that were going on it's fascinating i was there's a a web series I watch sometimes called uh, The Hot Ones, where they do interviews and they are taking bites of hot sauce while they do it. <laughs> and Undertaker was on it. And now that he's at the end of his career and retiring for what should be the final time, he's finally for the first time breaking character. Because all of these other wrestlers have been breaking character for years. He's finally telling his stories about that he's not an undead yeah, he's wrestler. finally talking. He's finally well, talking. Well, he's not a necromancer. Yeah, he's finally right. he's talking as Mark Calloway <laughs> yeah. and telling his real backstage stories. Well, it's it's harder. And it's fascinating to hear them because you've heard him from all these other wrestlers. Yeah, Hogan's been out for years telling his stories. You know, Mick Foley has, but Undertaker has never done that. Hmm. He's never broken that. Well, it was the lack interview. of Paul Bearer these past few years that really made his act hard to buy. <laughs> <laughs> So, all right, Wayne, over Christmas or the holidays or whatnot, because we've been... Yep. So right before Christmas, I have a nephew that is 17. Mm -hmm. And one of the things for Christmas, I always take down a bunch of board games. We do board games and things. And I found out recently that he had a big board game group. And he was asking about some of the games I had brought down. And so he got a whole pile of board games for Christmas. But I found out that one of the people in his gaming group picked up the D&D 5th Edition Starter Kit. And they've started playing D&D. So I was like, wow, okay, now I have a nephew that is doing role-playing games. This opens all these other possibilities. Super cool. And yeah, I got him some dice for Christmas, and it's his first dice set. And apparently his gaming group has been complaining because he's hasn't had his own dice, and he's having to borrow everyone's dice. So I was like, that was cool. So I, I brought down some extra dice and gave him a size by him for Christmas. But it got me thinking, okay, I have more options now. Besides just running board games, I can run... Secret Lives of Gingerbread Men. Show them a game that's not D&D as well. And I thought about running something else, but long story short, I didn't have as much free time as I thought I would. So I ended up just doing that. So I ran Secret Lives of Gingerbread Men for him and for my wife. And she'd played in it once before. I've run the game like five times now. Chad's been in, I think, three of them. Mm -hmm. And it's something I like to do around Christmas. I've noticed a few things from it. I always have a psychotic gingerbread person. <laughs> At least one player will always play a psychotic one. So I went down. I was thinking, okay, I'm going to I'm gonna run this the lazy route. And I was going to buy gingerbread men that were already pre-made. But it's the week after Christmas. So instead, I get like paper and I have them draw it. But I get M&Ms. So they all have their samples and things. So I get this all set up. Start running the game. I've never run a game before with an audience nearby. So we're in a timeshare for Christmas. We're in the kitchen area of it. Not that you don't consider any con games to be that. 
Well, no, because those are people playing. And you've also done a bunch of organized. Okay, all right. But there are right. other people playing in right. games. There, okay. What I'm saying by an audience, there are people sitting there that are not playing the game. Okay. They are purely passive listening in. Yeah. Yeah. That's something I haven't done before. And then didn't write you hate mail afterward? (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I said, we're off in the kitchen. My mom and his mom, which is my sister, are in the living room. My dad worked in a factory for years, so he doesn't have any hearing. He he can't hear what's going on. But the rest of them hear what's going on as we're kind of playing the game. And after, I'd say about 10, maybe 15 minutes, my mom looks over and she's like, are you just making the rules up as you go? Hmm. <laughs> I have this. Were you? No. Because <laughs> do you actually own the book or print? I do. Yeah, it's fifth edition. Okay. No, yeah. this is Secret Lives of Gingerbread. Oh, Secret Lives of Gingerbread. All right. No, yeah, no, yeah, fifth yeah. edition. I would assume. Yeah. He, he, no, this is Secret yeah. Lives of Gingerbread. Yeah. And I bought the. I bought that a long yeah, time say, ago. If anyone has been gaming as long as now Wayne has, and you can't run at least ballpark D and D off the top <laughs> of your head, <laughs> I'd be surprised. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I. I definitely own Secret Lives of Gingerbread and bought it years ago, and I've gotten good use out of it since I've done at least five one-shots now. Yeah. And so I was like, no, I have to explain to her, no, this isn't a board game. We're doing a role-playing game. There are rules for what happens, but I am telling a story with them, and I have basically have to explain what role-playing games are to her, because she knows I do role-playing games, but she doesn't know what that is, mm-hmm. doesn't know what it means. And as we're kind of playing, I have this going in the back of my head. Well, I don't want it to get too crazy because my mom and my sister are in the next room. <laughs> and the Secret Lives of Gingerbread Men, you would think, is a happy, fun game. Well, no, because I always have a psychotic player. Right. So there's always something crazy going on. One of the things f- about the game is every gingerbread man has a secret. My nephew's chosen secret is that he was a cannibal. <laughs> he eats the other gingerbread men. I mean, they are delicious. Yes. So that was his secret. And his goal was to terrorize all of the other gingerbread men. <laughs> so throughout the course of this game, he has boxes of gingerbread men parts that he's putting together. <laughs> Frankenstein gingerbread it's like men. like the Ed Gein of gingerbread. <laughs> like, is that a vulva in a shoebox? What is going on? Yeah. And he's bribing the cat with gingerbread men. Sending gingerbread men to their death to get the cat to do things for him in the game. Okay, in the game. I was like, I don't know what the... Yeah, no, in the game. I don't know if cats can eat ginger or not. Yeah, so it's like, well, this is going on. It's like, well, I don't want my mom or my sister to think this is too crazy while they're in there listening to it. And I also realized, like, I'm used to going into games with players thinking, we're going to have a lot of role play, a lot of this and that. He's a 17-year-old. We played Battlestar Galactica, the board game, right before... And he wanted to be a fighter pilot so he could get out and fight all of the Cylon ships. Mm -hmm. When we weren't having that happen, he had the opportunity to pick what's coming up next. He picked things for them to come out so he could have things to fight. (laughs) Because he wants to do the fighting. So I realized going into the game, okay. Oh my gosh, I just realized that Among Us is basically a giant ripoff of the Battlestar Galactica board game. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't played Among Us, but I know my Well, you, You basically play a bunch of crewmen, one or two of which are not what they seem and are trying yeah. to kill you and you're trying to find and out the betrayers or you, cause you have the sort of betrayer mechanic while you complete tasks around the ship. And if you can hold the ship together long enough, then the good guys or the non betrayers win. I just, yeah. I just not put this together for some <laughs> reason. Go on. But yeah, so I'm, uh, I'm trying to make things not go too crazy, 
But I want to give him things to fight, too, because he's a 17-year-old that wants to fight. And that's not something I'm used to when I'm running the game. I'm used to running it to a bunch of adults that are going to roleplay with each other. And mm-hmm. it was the first time I've had PvP in the game, in that he tried to kill my wife's character. <laughs> that's but, a first. Yeah, first for Secret Life is Gingerbread. Oh, okay. I was like, someone trying to kill your wife's character. This cannot be a first. Yeah, no, this was... <laughs> Now, this was a first for Secret Lives of Gingerbread Men. I have not had PvP in that game. I have in other games, but not in that one. But overall, the weirdest thing was just having that in the back of my mind. People are over in the other room listening that aren't part of the game. And that's weird for me. I've never had that happen. And it added a whole different level of I don't want things to go too crazy because I don't want... There aren't random people. Mm-hmm. It's his mom, my yeah. mom. I don't want to be judged by the moms in the other room for it. How did it impact your storytelling? Do you have examples of things that you shied away from or subject matter that you dug into because you thought it would be palatable for the audience? I didn't introduce any like major combat things or like any crazy NPCs that might have been psychotic themselves because I had enough psychotic around the table. I didn't need Mm -hmm. that. But that would really be I kind of tried to speed up things when he's describing all of the gingerbread body parts in boxes. Mm-hmm. And when other scenes are happening, I let it go a little longer. I think something that has, I guess, helped me in terms of running games in front of people is that outside of conventions, the people I'm running games for and with are known quantities. And so I know where their humor's at And I guess, Wayne, you had an unenviable role because you were running a game for, was it 170? Were they all young? How old were these people? Was it just your nephew? It was my nephew and my wife. Your nephew and your wife. And there's just two people? Just Just two two people. Okay, so just two two players. players. Okay, so it's your nephew and your wife. All right. But the point is that because your nephew is a 17-year-old, right? And he's going to do what a 17-year-old is going to do. He's going to have that energy and that amped and that crazy, you know, we, we were all there. And that's just how he's going to run the game. But because you have people who have never seen a role-playing game run before, they don't know how much of this is player versus how much of this is the game. What the game is that was my fear. Even worse than the game, even worse than the game. Are you somehow instigating it? That was actually one one of my big fears. Is it somehow you pushing this to happen? So that was actually one of my big fears is that, He's just started playing role-playing games. I don't want his mom to hear this, get an impression of him, and say, you can't go play D&D anymore. And that was something I was worried about once the cannibalism came out. <laughs> I've heard all of these stories. I've never experienced the satanic panic craze from the 80s. Yeah. But I didn't want to cause that. Right. And that was in the back of my head, too. Because like, I, I don't want his mom to think that role-playing games are a bad thing. But then again, he is 17. Yeah. So, yeah, are you kidding? I mean, yeah. there, there are so many crusty socks that she's finding <laughs> under his bed. I mean, there's so much f***ed up stuff that a 17-year-old boy can do today. This is why I sometimes wonder if, Chad, part of the reason we got the grief we did mm-hmm. is because we weren't screwed up. Right. Because the baseline of what <laughs> You two were screwed up. Oh, no, no, no. I don't mean like that. <laughs> but what I mean is 
we weren't drinking, we weren't doing drugs, we weren't sleeping around, we weren't out playing mailbox baseball, mm-hmm. we weren't, you know, vandalizing crap. I mean, whatever. Mm-hmm. We weren't doing that stuff. We were very well-behaved kids. We were really boring. And so yeah. I think that gave our parents, this is a blade of grass right. that's two and a half inches instead of the HOA required two inches, and that is the biggest quote unquote weed yeah. in the lawn and that's what they fixated on. I think maybe we should have been more screwed up. They'd be like, you know, at least they're only playing D D. Right. I yeah. know where they are. Yeah. I mean, if this leads he's to not Satanism smoking weed, he's just playing D D. Alright, we know where he is. He's not gonna end up arrested. Yeah. He's smoking a lot of weed. It's all <laughs> it's all satanic, but the pastor coming over is a lot cheaper than his lawyer coming over. So yeah. we're just gonna <laughs> let this slide. And I think it's part of the problem. Yeah. Wayne, you need yeah. success and standards. Get this kid in crime. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you are failing. You are going to screw this kid up by not getting him involved in drugs, alcohol, and crime. Did either his mother or your mother come into the room and ask questions or inquire about playing? Yeah, because you said no. that you were telling us, well, you said people had questions about it. Was, yeah, questions like, are you just making up the rules as you go? Or what is going on in there came out at one point. Well, what were the kind of answers you gave? And how did they take those answers? The Well, like I said, the first one I explained, you know, no, this is a role-playing game. You have a basic set of rules for what you're doing, but you're telling a story. You know, it's not like a board game where you're making moves and things. Mm. That was how I kind of described that. And for the, you know, what is going on in there? Oh, it sounds worse than it is. (laughs) <laughs> it sounds worse than it. It's only cookies. Yeah. Right. It's only cookies. It's only cookies. Cookies are harmless. Mm-hmm. My one mainframe reference for, well, I guess I have two for the more modern age. Okay. So let me cut past the satanic panic and all that mm-hmm. stuff and get to a point where I was gaming openly in front of enough people to start having the possibility of a non gaming audience. And I can think of two examples of this. One is Fear the Con because between either now the hotel staff or before that, the staff at the various convention centers, like the two old guys that were always serving our beer for the con. Those guys were great. But they came over because I was running a Star Trek game not that far from their view. And they saw it and came over and wanted to know what it was about and how was it played? How did this game work? And I realized what we were doing was tactical ship combat, not role playing. But there were other role playing games where they would come out from behind the beer counter and they would ask questions. And these are just two old, like veteran types. I mean, it was definitely Korea, if not world war two, mm-hmm. these guys were not young and you know, my hats off to them. I'm not making fun of them. I'm being, they handed us free beer. Yeah. Well, we got much love, much love for these two guys, but I'm just saying, obviously these are guys are not in on the role playing thing, right? but they had a lot of questions about what is this? They had no, line of reference on it. Um, I mean, when we were setting up the first year of the cons, they'd be like, well, what are you running? And you remember these. It'd be, well, we're running a gaming convention. Yep. You can't do that because gambling is not legal in St. Charles. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. (laughs) No, no, wrong type of gaming. We don't mean gambling. We mean like roll the dice, move your mice. I I guess that's the closest thing I can give you because I'm sure as hell not saying (laughs) D&D. But the second thing is as my family has grown, now not my Marital families, that's obviously shrunk. But <laughs> as my my birth family has grown. So you know, in-laws have come in and I've had nieces and nephews, well, I don't personally, but my family has ha- added nieces and nephews. That has now created a bunch of tangential audiences because I've had the conversation now with like my brother-in-law Adam of what is this role-playing thing? You know, I've 
I believe uh, my sister's now husband, Doug slash Bucko, he first played with us. Now my nephews, I'm, that West March's game that I need to get off my ass and do something with, they're going to be involved in that. My girlfriend, Amy, she wants to play in a game because she's apparently been into D&D games and they were both hard R-O-L-L playing games mm-hmm. and she hated them. She's like, I like a proper one shot. we're not getting that started there's an inside joke behind that that may become a rant episode eventually but it's not this episode maybe it'll be a rant episode or a negative episode on you know what broader's referencing but the point being that this brought in them plus also the people in their immediate circles so now adam's brother is asking you know what's a role-playing game and all these people are kind of getting exposed to the hobby and i really have to think about the way that i I don't want to say evangelize it, but I'm yeah. going to say evangelize it. Yeah. You don't want to introduce someone to the hobby wrong and give them a bad impression. Yeah. Like, that's what goes through my mind, at least. Yeah. Which is interesting. Don't go to a family event at Christmas and talk up role-playing games. And everyone's like, well, I don't know what that is. It's kind of weird. But you know what? You love it. And I'm kind of convinced. Let's play it. What are we playing? Oh, well, you know, we have some 13 and 14-year-old kids here. Well, we're playing Monster Hearts. Yeah, You know, yeah. it's like, oh, you know, where you can have buxom witches with sex moves and like that. that you know, <laughs> stick to the basics. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting, just in the time that yes, I don't have sex, just take other life. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, I, just, I know. Just kill. That's, Are you not an American? acceptable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, America, yeah. Look, this is America, goddammit. Yeah. Violence is acceptable. If it was keep Europe, your sex, split. keep your sex and occultism at home. Yeah. The violence here. Yeah, no problem. Perfect. Can I? Can I get? No, you cannot. <laughs> just, just make a shake of all three, please. <laughs> I would like sex, magic, and violence, please. Shaken, not yeah. stirred. You know, Brody, she created a generic role playing system for all of your games called what do you call it? Sex, violence, and occultism. Sex. Those are your three stats. Yeah. 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 Sex, violence, occult, sex, violence, cult, or violent sex cult, or I, I, I don't know. I have. Game. We can get Allison Mack to do the. To <laughs> anyway, I have. Game I mean, she's not doing much besides sitting in a cell right now. It, yeah. The system's called Suck because it's sex, violence, occultism. So it's S V, and then you use the C. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. It's suck. I yeah. love it. Suck. Yeah, and, but it has a sort of esteemed kind of. European, like wow. Eastern European yeah. sort of look to it because yeah. it has the V and we'll just throw in an umlaut or something. Well, and you need and, a lot of, uh, the artwork has to have a lot of corsets and stuff. Yes, too, exactly. So, yeah. Precisely. And mm-hmm. gaslight and right. all that kind of, not, right. not the psychological yeah, Why not use. both? Why not both? <laughs> I know. You can have gaslighting and right. gaslights yeah. on the, mm-hmm. yes. You know what I found really interesting? <laughs> we want abuse. We want implied abuse all yeah. over the cover. I think like you better have like a good sex like point out to do that, though. That I tried to bring up something that was topical. I tried to talk about it. And it wasn't and a what we, Go do, ahead. we made a million and, dollar idea, and, and you're and, just going to flush it. And then you guys talked all over it, and you wonder why I say words like in the re- in the middle of a regular episode. No, I don't wonder. No, we don't wonder. <laughs> years of abuse. You're very open about it. Hey, okay. Okay, so, so what's your idea? I, no, Let's see if you get through this. Wait, I, I need know you. it's not brother, idea. Brother. I'm simply saying. And you can hold I, the hex wrench. If you can get through it without cussing. Allen wrench. Oh, you're right. Actually, hex wrench is different. This mm-hmm. is an Allen wrench. All right. We're you, role players. We're pedantic. Pedantic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So you may hold this, right? Right? I don't need to hold it. This will be like the candy bar for Egon. <laughs> but you have to get through this without profanity. Dan is holding an Allen wrench. He's offering it to Brodeur. Brodeur is it, breaking. It, it's it, breaking. Yeah, I, him. No, you have to earn it. No profanity. It, I, I got it. No, this is okay. You make 
All right, here's here's don't make me take it back. Here's, here's the thing. <laughs> Damn, I I have had an audience on a number of occasions running games, both at conventions where my audience experience has been very very different than my experience privately. But there were many occasions as a youth where a friend would just be hanging out while we gamed or someone would bring a significant other that would just be hanging out at the game. So not only was the event social for us as a group of people getting together to play the game, but sometimes it was social for, hey, I'm going to bring my boyfriend or I'm going to bring my girlfriend or, hey, my buddy so-and-so is in town. He's not really into gaming. We'll whip him up a character, but he's probably just going to sit there and have a few beers and bullshit with us sort of thing. So I have great familiarity with catering a game to a particular audience, but convention wise is what's weird because I, in my private life, certainly have tailored game content to the audience, both I'm going to roll back from something because let's say I'm used to gaming with Dan and with Wayne, but Chad comes over and he kind of just, I just want to audit the class, right? Like we were (laughs) talking about how someone audited my game at a fear of the con and whatever, but you just want to hang out. Mm -hmm. Dude, I don't know you. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) There goes the wrench. Yeah. I I don't know. Oh man, I didn't even did. think you about it. Like, too. Yeah. I was doing Dan, really well. Dan was like a tiger in the weeds. Yeah. I had completely forgotten. I just like, what is so, there? So any wow. any any which way. I don't know you. I don't know what yeah. you like. I don't know what you dislike. I don't know what your boundaries are. So I certainly am going to curtail to a degree. Now I'm not going to stop being myself, but I'll try not to cuss. Right <laughs> now, try. Conversely, at fear the con. Right. Like I have a persona on the mics. I have an attitude mm-hmm. and, and a sort of a, a presentation, a facade, if you will. Yeah. So my game needs to reflect that at the convention. And so I don't necessarily curtail at a convention. And in fact, that's not even the right way to phrase it. Mm-hmm. At a con where did I'm Brodor, right? Crank it up yeah, to 11. We're, we're turning it to 11 and we're going to have menstrumentals and we're going to have all sorts of horrible, horrible shit. <laughs> There was Men's one guy. Trump oh, no, I did. So, so, so Jerry Garcia was a necromancer, right? And as Gore, the band had right. to go and fight these, you know, I forget what I called the Grateful Dead, but they're mm-hmm. basically all just, you know, undead and necromancers and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Well, they go to fight Jerry Garcia, whatever incarnation I had for him. And these hippie chicks from the audience just. Wow. Okay. I am the most (laughs) impotent tiger you have ever encountered. Yeah. I wait in the grass to spring on you with fluff and love. And you you were so sated with that early and, you know, but but one (laughs) of the the players at the game, his spouse overheard, right? Yeah. And and there was definite, definite tension. Like I didn't think he was coming back to the table after our intermission. Yeah. Right. Cause his wife was so displeased with, she didn't, I could be wrong. No, I thought he did. Maybe he didn't. There was one guy that bailed right away. We sat down to the table. I pitched the game. Did got up and left. And gone. you know what? That's fair. That is that is totally fine. Yeah, that is totally fine. Yeah, no no objection I've, to that guy. He should was, have read the description but, better on Com Planner. But, but then, but I have out of a game. Yeah, the con having said it was too that, much for me. no one. Yeah. I mean, look in, in the long list of things, people don't owe other people. Right. Participation in your game is on the list of things people don't owe you. Yeah. Now respect whatever. Well, but the, but this, yeah, I remember but, I was in this game, and this guy he just quietly got up and took his leave. No problem. Yeah, I was so drunk. I don't think I noticed he was gone. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Until I noticed that I had a character sheet without a player. Yeah. I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. I noticed it, but like, like I said, I mean, nobody yeah. now, owes participation. I, I had. Did I you had, feel bad or was it a badge of honor? So, which I was drinking a lot. I ran one away. I was drinking. I was drinking a lot then. So I, it felt kind of good. But <laughs> did you just be like, well, here we go. But then I had another game at a convention where, and again, I don't want to get into the specifics of it, but a person had read the synopsis of my game, came and audited the game, and they were displeased with the content of my game. And I was really, mm. really upfront about this is what we're going to do. Yeah. If you don't like it, no one's making you play. Yep. But to And have- I remember this game we put in a room by yourself yeah. with tables all around you. Yeah. So nobody could be. We treat know, broader games the way we treat Bob Arnn's games. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want somebody at the next table over to be subjected to it yeah. without yeah. choosing to be yeah. subjected. Now, their objections, totally respectful. I just didn't understand what was the point of, I know the ring on the stove is when it's orange, I shouldn't touch it. And you told me not to touch it. I'm going to go ahead and touch it anyway. And I'm going to be pissed that I burned my finger. Dude, come on, man. Yeah. Come on. This has been a production of Fear the Boot. Copyright 2021. Listeners are free to use this episode in a non-commercial endeavor, so long as credit is provided to feartheboot.com. You can find previous episodes and other resources at feartheboot.com. If you wish to support this show and its related endeavors, you can do so at patreon.com slash feartheboot.